0: The following is a sermon from Pastor David Salinas of Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure foundationorg Of all the animals that I think about with Thanksgiving, there is, of course, our friend El Pavo. For those of you who may not be such big turkey fans because turkey is kind of dry meat, maybe you think of ham. A friend the pig. Or maybe even venison. This is the first time, the first Thanksgiving, este es el primer día de Acción de Gracias that I have thought about a fish. Hmm. A fish for Thanksgiving? But when you, yeah, I don't know if you would have like, you'd like to have fish right now for Thanksgiving. I don't know if that would make the the favorite meal of, of most of us here. But really a fish is a beautiful, beautiful animal for Thanksgiving because, of course, it is the very symbol for a Christian. You've seen this sign, right? Do you know where it comes from? Do you know why we as Christian people use this sign for ourselves? Christian people. ¿Saben de dónde viene este nosotros como cristianos? It actually comes from the centuries right after Jesus when there was persecution, de de las persecuciones. And and Christian people were, I mean, boy, they were they were scared as they went about, but but when they would meet a stranger on the road on the dirt, one one person would make one of the arcs of the fish and if the other person came and made the other arc the symbol well you knew i am with a christian brother or sister thanks be to god the word for fish in greek you know what that is maybe some of you have you seen this ichthus and the early christians los cristianos del primer siglo they used this as an acronym in other words each of the letters of this word meant something. Cada letra que empieza esta palabra, por cual esta palabra significa algo. And in Greek, it is the first letters for the phrase, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. Gracias a Dios por mi Salvador. It is Thanksgiving. And my aim, as I'm sure the aim of many pastors is one, it is this to lead us all to a more profound and relentless giving of thanks to God. Mi meta este día es de inspirarnos a un agradecimiento profundo y persistente y constante a Dios. And I can't think of a better place to take us to do that than inside a fish where we have the one and the only underwater Thanksgiving celebration to ever take place in the stomach of a fish. Open up your worship holders. Sigan aquí conmigo. Página número 13, The story of Jonah here. A section of his prayer from chapter 2. A psalm of thanks for being saved. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. And he said, In my distress I called to the Lord, the great I Am, And he answered me, even me, from deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever, but you, Lord, O gracious Father, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. Man overboard! Hombre al agua! But the shouts were covered by the roar of the sea. One flailing man, his head sunk in the waters, engulfed, and he seemed gone forever. Un hombre ahogándose. I am talking about John Howland, one of the first pilgrims to set foot on this land. He was one of the men who chartered. The Mayflower, that hundred-foot sailing vessel that brought 100 pilgrims from the separatist church in England, fleeing religious persecution. And this man was told, along with all the other passengers, "Este hombre le dijeron, quédense abajo del barco, no suban arriba. Stay underneath that boat and don't come out." But, but of course. You know, when you're traveling and and there's a lot of sick pilgrims and so many seasick people, and we talk about vomiting? Hmm, wow, the smell inside of that ship was so bad that John Howland just had to come up. And when he did, boom, instantly, a wave pushed him over, threw him into the cold Atlantic Ocean, and there he was drowning. Now, you think about a man who was in more desperate need of mercy, relentless, outrageous mercy, from the hand of God, it was this man. But if you think that he needed mercy, si tu crees que este hombre estaba en aprietas y necesitaba la misericordia del Señor, aún más. And Jonah needed it more, not just because of the watery plight that he was in. I mean, it's a stunning thing to hear in his prayer in verse 5, how he describes the terrifying moment where he is drowning and seaweed is coiling around his neck and his head like the tentacle of a sea witch and pulling him down, down, down into the very heart of the sea. But that's not why he needed mercy most of all. That's not why he needed the mercy most of all. He needed mercy most of all because of his spiritual condition. This one was drowning in his own sin and the muck of his own rebellion. Recuerden el capítulo uno. Remember chapter one where we see Jonah. And God comes to him. De toda la gente, de todo el mundo, out of all of the people in the whole world at the time, who, many, how, who knows how many there were? He comes to this man in Israel, a prophet, and he says, My son, go be a hero. I am going to put my word in your mouth. And I want you to go to, to people that I have made, that I have redeemed, and will one day send my own son for them. And I want you to save them from hell and bring them to heaven. And I will be with you. And I will give you success. And if this man knew the kind of success he would have, si este hombre pensaría the kind of success he would have, do you know that Jonah did something that not even Jesus Christ did when he was on, on earth and in his ministry? Jesus never converted an entire city. This man got to convert an entire city. But when, when he hears the call, what does Jonah do? He acts like that prodigal son in Jesus' parable, right? And he says, I'm out of here, Viejo. No quiero tu misión. Yo me voy para el otro lado. There's an interesting word that describes Jonah's spiritual condition. Una palabra muy interesante que describe la condición espiritual de este hombre corriendo en rebelión contra el Señor. The word, several times it's used in the first and second chapter, down. So we hear Jonah goes down to Joppa, we hear him going down into the belly of, uh, or into the uh, boat, and then we hear him going down into the heart of the sea. And of course, it means that literally, but there's, uh, there's, there's something more there. It's like, a, and a commentator once brought up that picture. Un comentador dijo, cuando nosotros nos rebelamos contra el Señor, when we rebel against God and we run the other way, we never go up. We always go down. But he was even in worse because he was, not just, he was not just lost son number one in Jesus' story. He was lost son number two. Do you remember in Jesus' story, the parable of the lost son, there's actually two? Hay dos perdidos. El hijo mayor también está perdido. The oldest son is also lost because, because he hates his younger brother. He cannot stand what he sees as this scumbag. And, and, and he even has disowned his younger brother. But do you know what he hates even more? Sabes lo que desprecia aún más que su hijo? that the father would actually love that younger brother who took off all of the inheritance and went and squandered it away. And maybe, I don't know, in that story, I almost think how, how sometimes the older son comes out and he grits his teeth and he rolls his eyes as he sees his father perched on the same place looking and longing for his only that one son to come back. And when he does, he flips out and he says, Ah! Father! How could you? I've been here with you all along and you welcome this son of yours. I hate him and I hate you. It's Jonah. Because he tells you in chapter 4, nos dice, Jonas, in capítulo 4, why he is running from his mission. He's not scared of persecution. And you know what? I, would, I wouldn't even blame him. You know what the Assyrians used to do? ¿Sabes lo que hacían los they would drill a hole underneath your chin right here and they would put a rope up there and they would pull you. And, and, and put you in kennels like dogs. But this man is not running because he is scared of persecution. Este hombre está corriendo because he is scared of conversion. He is worried. Pastor, can you imagine this? He's worried that his sermon is going to work. And, and, and people are going to believe and be saved because he... He can't identify with them and he hates them that much and he wants them to go to hell. Send them to hell. Envielos al infierno a esos porque desgraciados no quiero predicarles a ellos. You know who needs even mercy more relentless and outrageous than Jonah though? I do. And you do. This is the takeaway. Esto es lo que tenemos que siempre tener en mente. Cada uno de nosotros Somos Jonases. In our own way. We all have a little Jonah in all of us and a, and a whole lot of Jonah, you know, and most of us sometimes. And there is this poem by a Canadian poet. Her name is Ethelwyn Etherwald, who describes this. This thing about us where we, where we sincerely come to pray to Jesus, we sincerely want to thank Him, but at the same time, we're pulled away from Him in our own rebellion, in our own running away from God. And, and this is what she says. Listen to this poem here and get this. Muck of the sty, reek of the trough, black in my brow I were all might see. Yet while I was a great way off, my father ran with compassion for me. He put on my hand a ring of gold. There's no escape from a ring, they say. He put on my neck a chain to hold my passionate spirit from breaking away. He filled my body with meat and wine. He flooded my heart with love's white light. But here's the key line. Yet deep in the mire with sensual swine, I long, God help me, to wallow tonight. You see what she's saying? We come to church and we pray to the Lord. And and we, we pray to Him and we praise Him. But always in our hearts, there is that longing, esos deseos, for the tarshish, the things that are forbidden. And there we go in our own nights, maybe, maybe on the internet. And we pay our fare to the devil who is taking us on a boat, only too happy to take us away from our God. And that is sometimes me. And I am the second son. Because cada uno de nosotros también tenemos gente. We, we, we can look around us and there are people that we just, we just don't get. We don't identify with. And, and you know who those people are. The, the people that have those sins that, you, that for some reason strike you worse than, than anything else. And it's like, it's, I'm almost like you're kind of blind. Estamos ciegos a, a nuestros propios pecados. But, but you look at that person and, and there's kind of a little bit of like repulsion and disgust. The sexual predator, you know that conservative Trump supporter or, or the liberal Obama lover. And there are people that we despise. Right there. i.e., is our despising of the mercy and grace of God. There is our younger brother Relentless mercy, outrageous mercy, constant mercy is what is needed. John Howland needed it in the Atlantic Ocean. Jonah needed it in the Mediterranean as he was sinking down, buried beneath the weight of his guilt, and you and I need it. Relentless, outrageous, majestic, miraculous mercy and grace, people of God. This is exactly what is given to us. And so William Bradford, the first governor of Massachusetts, reported how in a miraculous way, the hand came up from the sea and grabbed hold of the rope of a halyard and John Howland was pulled to life. And and you know this mercy that God had not only on him, but our, think about this. Three of our U.S. presidents, tres de nuestros presidentes en los Estados Unidos, son descendientes de este hombre que fue salvado from the Mayflower. Three presidents are direct descendants of John Howland, Franklin Roosevelt, and both presidents Bushes, George Herbert Walker and George W. Bush. And then there's Jonah. When was the last time this man prayed? We don't know. But there we know that when he had that seaweed wrapped around his neck and his eye bulging and his his hands flailing, and he was gasping for that one breath, and for that instant, that moment, he just cried out one thing, Father, help, Abba, help me, and instantly came up. This fish, and there was a reverse birth process. Because you know, when an infant is coming out of a birth canal, all of the amniotic fluid is squeezed out of that little infant's lungs so that he can draw his first breath. And here, by the esophagus of a fish, maybe perhaps Jonah's lungs are squeezed out and all of that water comes out. and He draws the most miraculous breath of his unworthy life. And he is saved. And then there's you and there's me. Ahí estábamos nosotros ahogándonos, drowning, dropping into the very heart of our own rebellion and our own sin and our our own hell, barred forever. But before, antes de que nosotros pudiéramos levantar una oración, before we could ever give even one prayer, there came rushing toward us. Not, Not the fish that swallowed a man, the man who swallowed a whale, This is what Jesus says. Just as Jonah was in the belly three days and three nights of that fish, so the Son of Man, the Son of God, your Savior, would be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. That means this, that just as the belly of that fish was Jonah's salvation, the belly of Jesus' grave is yours and it is mine. For when the Son of God threw himself into, into his Father's justice, cuando el Hijo del Hombre se aventó el clavado en la justicia del Señor, right into the very mouth of God's justice, and there he suffered for all of us, all of our rebellion, and, 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 and all of all of our guilt and all of our sin, there he swallowed up forever, once and for all, se tragó para siempre, the Moby dick-sized whale of all of our guilt, And all of our death, and all of our hell, and every power and force of the evil one. And then, by the waters of our baptism, your baptism and mine, God squeezed out of our souls every last drop of the guilt of sin. And you and I sit this morning alive, alive now and forever, because this is how relentless, this is how glorious. This is how outrageous God's mercy and love for you is. He will even defy the laws of logic and of reason to save you and me. ¿Qué salvación tan grande tenemos en Cristo Jesús? Well, this brings us finally to that other animal that is very famous at Thanksgiving, the most famous animal of all. The turkey, nuestro amigo el pavo. And you guys are asking me the same question that Pastor Tim has been asking me all week. Where is this turkey in Jonah? ¿A dónde está este pavo in Jonah? Could he be perhaps, could he be kind of hidden beneath the sackcloth and ashes of the other animals? De todos los otros, la y las cenizas de todos los otros animales de los Ninevites, de los Ninevites? No. All right, you got me. You got me. There is no literal turkey in the book of Jonah. But, but, seeing as how a turkey is a symbol of Thanksgiving, maybe, just maybe, the whole book of Jonah has plumes. The whole book of Jonah is a Thanksgiving turkey. And this is what I mean. Muy probable, very likely. The author of the book of Jonah is who? It's Jonah himself. And he's probably writing this memoir of his life. After he dragged his sorry carcass back from Nineveh. And he's thinking about everything that just happened and everything he's done. And in this memoir, Esta Autobiografia, he, he puts down against the dark backdrop of his own bad attitudes this relentless, magnificent mercy and grace of God that you and I get to like, even enjoy and has, you know, for millions of people. So think of it this way, that, that the, the, the memoir of the book of Jonah is this prophet's sermon. Este libro es el sermón de este profeta. And just as, just as every sermon from every pastor is God preaching to his people, but at the same time, it is a thank offering on the part of that pastor to God, this memoir might just be Jonas. Thank You Offering, a continuing shout of praise that was begun in the heart of that fish. Gente de Dios, people of God who have been given so much, I say prepare your Thanksgiving turkeys. Prepara tu pavo de agradecimiento, de thanksgiving, de acción de gracias. And let your life that also marks the extreme and magnificent, relentless mercy of God in its own way, Record a continuing shout of thanksgiving and praise. In all that you do, in all that you are, with all of your speaking, in every circumstance of your life, and with everything that you have, let it all say, Abba, Father, thank you. Smell that turkey cooking? Let's go have some turkey. Amen.